What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because making extra money never goes out of style. We're doing a little coaching series on the show this month featuring uh, some listeners who are already seeing some pretty healthy traction with their businesses, but are looking for ways to grow, expand, optimize, all that jazz. So today you're going to meet Rafael DeLalo, who runs a site in the houseplant niche called ohiotropics.com. Rafael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'm excited to dive into this stuff. And in the other corner to help talk through some ideas and opportunities for Raphael is for his third Side Hustle Show appearance, one of my go-to online business mentors from moneylab.co. It's Matt Giovanisi. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So Raphael, why don't you kick us off with the uh, current state of the business in terms of traffic, revenue, hours required, all that jazz. Give us a baseline here. Right now, I'm at about a quarter million users per month. Visiting my site, I'm getting over, gosh, roughly 300, maybe 350,000 page views per month. So I'm, and it's steadily increasing, which I'm, which I'm really happy about. Most of my revenue is from ads currently, 80 or 90% is probably from, from ad revenue. And my next biggest source of income is affiliate marketing and mostly coming from Amazon affiliates. And so it's probably, I'd say, a tenth of my monthly revenue would be affiliates. And it's pretty much mostly from Amazon. And I've been looking to diversify it further and increase my affiliate marketing opportunities because I know there's a huge opportunity there. And I don't want to rely on just one revenue source, you know, being at the mercy of Google. <laughs> but so far, so good. I also have a couple ebooks out there that I bring in a small amount of income. I do have a traditionally published book that'll be out next year, which I'm excited about. And I think that covers most of it. I've done some virtual houseplant consultations, but I stopped doing those because it's, it's really not worth my time. I'm trying to focus on creating more content and then bringing in revenue that way. Okay. So the baseline is a buttload of traffic, I think is the technical term, 350,000 <laughs> page views, heavily reliant on ad revenue. What's the network that you're using? So I've been using Mediavine for about, about a year and a half. Actually, it'll be two years this August that I joined them. Okay. So advertising income through Mediavine, a fraction of the pie from mostly Amazon affiliates, and then some other trickle of income streams through ebooks and uh, and this virtual consulting that's now kind of on pause. So really writing this, I don't know if I call it a, a trend or a, a way, I don't know, people are into houseplants these days and I you know, will bucket myself into that category. Like We never had houseplants before or never cared to keep anything alive like that. But of course, uh, over the last year, like, oh, you know, these are supposedly healthier for you and they, you know, make you happier. Like, okay, sure, let's get a couple plants. So go to that. Matt, first impressions of Ohio Tropics. Uh, I love it. Where is the traffic coming from when you say 250,000 visitors? Is that all Google? Probably 70%. Um, th this is very rough. So 65 to 70% is from Google. And then the next biggest piece of the pie Pinterest. for traffic would be Pinterest. Yep. <laughs> And then everything else, you know, then probably Facebook and, you know, whatever. All organic. Yes, for the most part. Some direct traffic, I do have a, a subscriber list, but it's, as far as traffic from my email list, it's it's pretty small. And no paid advertising. 
No paid advertising at all. How many people on your email list? I have about 12,000 people right now. Raphael, what do you hope to get out of the call? I probably make about $1,000 a month, I would say, through Amazon affiliates. And what I've been trying to grow that, and I just don't know, you know the best way to do that. So far, the way I've been working Amazon affiliates is I add in affiliate links throughout my blog content and mostly text links. I have started using the Lasso plugin, which I love. Never heard of it. Hey, probably worth mentioning here, since this is going to come up a couple more times, Lasso is an affiliate marketing plugin for WordPress that Matt helped develop. I'll link it up for you in the show notes, or you can learn more at getlasso.co, L-A-S-S-O. Um, I started using that maybe a couple months ago, probably, but I just want to grow my affiliate income because I know there's a gigantic opportunity. And right up until this point, maybe up, up until a couple months ago where I started using the plugin, I've just been using the text, um, the hyperlinking to Amazon. And I haven't really done, you know, I've, I've done one product review post recently, but I just want to know how I can grow my affiliate income because I know there's a huge opportunity there. And I want to decrease the percentage of my income that comes from ads, although it's wonderful. Um, I do want to diversify it. In total, you're making 10 grand a month or nine grand a month. Yes. Um, okay. It's probably over 10 at this point, counting everything. And so only a thousand from Amazon, the rest from at Mediavine. Correct. Mostly ads and a couple other sources. Okay. One of the things that kind of scares me a bit is the idea that like <laughs> you want, and this is just me, this is me, but like you want to make more money from Amazon and less money from Mediavine, or you want to split that sort of, you wish that was like not 80, 90, uh, or like or like a 90, 10 split. You want it to be more like a 60, 40 split perhaps in your revenue streams. What scares me about that is I've kind of gone the other way where I'm like, I don't really want to rely on Amazon for any of my income because, you know, Amazon. Sure. <laughs> so I, they, make, they make me way more nervous than Mediavine. You know, and I look at your uh, page speed which is insanely good. I mean, like you have a hundred in PageSpeed Insights. It's even, that's one point better than me. How are you doing that with Mediavine? Because I know I have people in my community who are having a, an issue with Mediavine because, you know, it slows down their websites. How did you figure out your way around that? So I, I guess just a, a quick clarifying point. I'm not set on Amazon. I mean, I, I'm open to other affiliates. Sure. I just want to balance the percentages. But, sure, of course. Um, but as far as the site speed goes, I have been working on that pretty diligently. I know the core Web Vitals update is coming in June. I think it was postponed. So I'm using Mediavine's framework, Trellis, a theme that I use. And it, it has been optimized for speed. And Mediavine itself is continually coming out with updates and optimizations within their network. And so I've just been using those. That's pretty good. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I, I had been using a plugin called PageSpeed Ninja, which has been amazing for me. But mainly I've been, you know, following Mediavine's recommendations. I know, you know, serving ads is slow, but they've come up with a lot of a lot of optimization. So I just follow their lead. What's your top post on the site? Um, so there is a, a, did you want to look it up on my site? Yeah, just one of them. Sure. I'll tell you exactly what it's called. You can find it quickly. Um, you know, like kind of going back while you search for that, the, and I don't know how you feel about this, Nick, but how do you feel about the Amazon thing as opposed to using some other affiliate network or affiliates, you know, kind of like looking to 
shift to more affiliate, less Mediavine, as opposed to a different strategy completely? The affiliate strategy doesn't bother me per se, but I'm kind of with you. Like, uh, if I'm overly reliant on Amazon, I do view that as a risk. Just you can see the, the the trend line on the wall of the continually cutting commissions and affiliate friendly terms becoming less friendly. Yeah, well, you're seeing that now with, um, and this is something I worry about, and I, I'm I'm less worried about it because I've kind of moved away from it. But um, the, you know, Google has their shopping tab now and uh when you start to search best whatever product you're seeing google favor their shopping tab over you know what people like us are creating and so that's just going to keep happening i mean there's no reason why google wants like would not want to serve that up because it's it cuts right to the chase right which is why their whole product update review or their yeah product review update just came out which was basically killing those sites, right? Killing um, sites that were just doing top 10 lists and, you know, top 20 lists of just random products because they want that. Oh, interesting. They're, are they becoming an affiliate themselves in that case? Well, I don't know if they're making money from that side of it, right? But like, I don't know if that's another income stream for them. They're definitely, if you start typing in best products or whatever that is, like, you know, best whatever, you'll start to see Google's just, will just give you those products like right there in the SERPs. Yeah. Instead of you having to like click into a, a post and read something. And I'm assuming they're scraping that content from, you know, people that do make those things. So that kind of sucks, but, but they're doing it. I look at that as a, and again, like when Amazon came out last year with like, Hey, we're just cutting commissions, you know, from everybody. I looked at that as, as writing on the wall that this is not that affiliate marketing is dead or that it's dying, because there's obviously other networks besides Amazon out there. But how are you supposed to compete, you know, in that best space or in that top, you know, in the review space when Google's going to take that over? So for me, I'm, I'm more, you know, like I'm, I'm starting to lean more into the educational side of things where Google, you know, they do have their featured snippets, but people still want more information and they're never going to be able to provide all of that information within the SERPs. And so, you know, it's it's figuring out a way how to make money off of the educational side of things, which you clearly have a lot of information on. So, well, let's talk about all the different things. But I just wanted to point point put that out there. Um, and I, I sent a link to. I got yeah. I just I just pulled it up because I wanted to see. So I typed in your website, your main homepage into PageSpeed Insights. Yeah, you're still getting a hundred. Yeah, and I I don't see any ads because are there are any ads on this page that you sent me, or do you control where they go? No, there should be. There should be. All right, I have ad blocker, which is okay. So it's yep. I don't know if if page speed. It doesn't look like it's causing any issues, but yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty great. Thanks. You did a good job with that. So yeah, I, I mean, I have a bunch of ideas for you, but I just kind of want to get more insight in, into like, and obviously, I don't want to hijack this podcast, Nick. You know, <laughs> I could talk. You know, I could talk for many, many hours. But yeah, so. So the way I interpret it is like, okay, we're making 10 grand a month, you know, relatively consistently from the site. 90% of that is coming from the ad network, Mediavine. I don't see it as like, well, let's dial back the ad revenue and keep the pie the same size. I interpret this as like, oh, could we get to 
four or five, 10 grand a month in affiliate. And all of a sudden now we've got a 20 grand a month. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I mean, I'm going to keep creating my content. I know what's working now. um, So I'm continuing to do that, except I'm at a standstill with affiliate. This is your full-time thing? It is not. (laughs) I want it to be. (laughs) Okay. What do you have to get to for that to become the reality? I honestly, I, I, what I want to do is be able to calculate what all my healthcare insurance expenses and all that and figuring out what I'd be missing out on, you know, not having a corporate job in terms of retirement, sure. add all that up and then, you know, get some kind of a figure. But, um, I mean, I think I'm well, well on my way. I just want to increase the cushion a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I hear that. Uh, give your build a runway up a little bit. So I punched the site into into Ahrefs, and it seems like you rank really well for, I guess, the scientific names of certain plants. Like the top result for me is Anthurium clarinivarium. Well, people probably think that's a cryptocurrency, so you're getting all that traffic. Yeah, and I always include, you know, the Latin names for the plants um, as part of my keyword, you know, research. So that's why you see that. My big question is: Have you thought about selling your own products? I have. I've thought about um, so. Other than I have a couple ebooks, so I sell them. Mm-hmm. But they're they're for sale, they're for on, sale Amazon, on Amazon, right? and I also have them on my site. I, I don't make a ton on them, but on Amazon, I mean it's it's consistent every single month. It's not a huge amount, and I have also a, a traditionally published book that'll be out in early next year. I've also thought about making a course, but I that, it stopped at that. I haven't really put in much effort or thought into it. Okay, who's the woman who teaches like the succulent course? Yeah. Yeah, the succulent course. Yeah, is it you know her? Um, succulents and sunshine, Cassidy? Something? That's it. Yeah. Yep, that's her. So yeah, there's clearly a market for for that, right? Here's the thing that I constantly think about with with my stuff, which is I am looking for ways to not get screwed by these big corporations like Amazon, like Google, right? You know, all of that talk about me saying like, you know, affiliate marketing's dying or like, you know, Google's doing this or whatever. It feels very doomsday and very like, you know, not very optimistic. And well, I'm from the East Coast and I'm Italian. So like, I don't know if that's if that's you or not, but we, I definitely feel like a pessimist. I kind of like treat it as a skill, right? Because it's in this case, you obviously don't want to be pessimistic in all things, but it's preparedness for a possibility that, you know, may or may not happen. But if it does happen, cool. If it doesn't happen, also cool, right? Like you win both ways. For me, I, I constantly think about this idea of future-proofing. Now, it's it's kind of hard to do completely, but you're on WordPress, right? Yep. So you're not on someone else's platform like Squarespace. Correct. Okay. You own the content. You don't own the hosting, but you can always switch that, you know, something like that. I always think, what if Google disappears tomorrow? Which is an insane thing. But what's not insane is that they could just go one click and your site, you know, their site now ranks and your site doesn't, right? Tomorrow, another person could make a site and outrank you in a day, right? It could happen. So I just think about it that way. So how do you future-proof it? One, I think is, uh, and this is something that's kind of new for me, I, I just kept thinking, well, if that's my line, then it's email, because like in this moment right now, you're getting 250,000 people visiting your site a month. You should be collecting as many of those people in a different area so that you have 250,000 people at your will 
to be able to click a button and send them a message, right? Not only that, I think about people are coming to your website right now because they have a problem or they want to get in the house plants or they have, you know, something's going on or, you know, whatever it is. And in that moment, we're, since we're getting all this traffic and you're going to constantly work on that SEO, how do you capture them so that if Google does go away tomorrow and in this scenario, that you could still have a thriving business for the rest of time with the emails that you collected then? So in this case, what I would start to think about is affiliate marketing works okay in that scenario because technically you can still send out emails to your list and get them to your affiliate products. Not Amazon, because they don't let you put links in there in emails, right? So <laughs> it's like, all right, so you can at least send them to posts, yep. right? And, you know, with Lasso or whatever, however, you know, that could still work. But Amazon, want, I'm telling you one day Amazon's going to say affiliate program's dead. I think it's going to be next year. I don't know any information. I'm not on the inside. I, I just, that's that's in my head. They've constantly for the last four years have cut my commissions in half. They don't need us anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just They just don't. They used to, and now they don't. And so I just don't see them keeping that program up. There's It's so much policing they have to do with like people spinning up websites all the time. So that said, I'm starting to look at my, and this is great that you have Lasso installed too, because it makes it easy for you to have a product on your page and then start to look at other affiliate networks or you know, this is where I think it gets really interesting for someone like you. You have a power, like if you build up your email list, right? You now have a power that most people don't have, which is a company that's an e-commerce site could come along and, and sell houseplant stuff. Not you, but somebody. And they're like, hey, you know, um, would you join, you know, and then you, you go, you know what? I really like your e-commerce site. You don't have an affiliate program. You know, if you get an affiliate program, I have 100,000 people on my email list that I could send out one email and literally change your business overnight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think doing like you start to, when you have that sort of like collection of emails, you, you get this weird power where you can start to partner with other smaller e-commerce businesses, get a bigger slice of the commission, right? Instead of your measly 2%, 3% from Amazon, you could get 10, 15, 30% from a partnership you know, then that would never go away because you're in, you're in more control. And I think that control and that power, it does have, you have a little bit of power with traffic, but you have way more power with email. Sure. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. 
But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go down that path then of collecting emails and we can use through the lens of, of one or two of these kind of informative posts or educational posts, mm-hmm. what would you include in that content or as a call to action to get on that list? Well, right now you make it very difficult for me as a user to first land on the site to sign up for anything, right? I haven't seen a pop-up, which is great. That's fine. You don't need that. But I think I think I have to scroll nowhere. Where, where yeah, is it? So, <laughs> um, so if you keep scrolling down, um, unless the ad blocker that you have prevents it, it's actually through Mediavine. They created a feature called Spotlight. So it, it kind of looks like a pop-up, but it's not. But after you scroll a certain amount down a post, it'll come up and then you can sign up. This is a struggle, what you just mentioned, as far as growing an email list. It's a struggle that I've had because okay. I'm battling against site speed and gathering emails. So I've noticed that my pop-ups are slowing down my site speed. Yeah, don't use pop-ups. So I, you don't need I got rid of them. But then at the same time, and I don't know if it's if it's the provider that I'm using, if there's a better one, I've been I've had mail munch forever and I'm totally open to trying something different. Um, I don't know if you're if you're referring to maybe in content signups throughout the blog posts. I found that those, at least with the mail munch ones, those also slow down. You have to build your own thing. Okay. Like you can't I would not use something like Optin Monster or Sumo or any of that nonsense because they're just going to load a bunch of random JavaScript that you don't really need for what you're trying to do. All you really need to do is, you know, get what doesn't matter what the email provider is. Okay. You can get their code for a email form and it's really HTML. There's no, no JavaScript is needed to collect an email address. Ever. If you use something like I've done this for ConvertKit, I've done this for Active Campaign, you can get their code, which is insane and packed full of freaking CSS and JavaScript and all this nonsense. You probably know a little bit about HTML, right? You got this far with page speed. A tiny bit. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Months, but <laughs> well, you can you, you can keep stripping away at this HTML, like just get the HTML and just keep testing the form to see if it submits and just keep removing things until it stops submitting. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, this is really all I really, this is all I need, which is the form tag, the action on where it goes, the input tag and the submit button. That's all you really need. And then you can just CSS that yourself, make it look nice and then use a short code or something to stick it in the middle of the post or put it in there manually. Or what I do is I put it at the top of the post and the bottom of the post in my theme. Okay. So that, and it's all loaded HTML. There's no 
like JavaScript. There's no tracking or anything like that. They're loading just like any other page. And it's kind of like a pop-up in a way where it's interrupting you, but you choose how fast you want it to go away. So like if you get to a post, hey, I have this you know email opt-in uh, at the t- very top. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling. In the middle of the post, there's another one. Okay, keep scrolling. And at the bottom of the post, there's another one. None of it's controlled through Mediavine. So if anybody has an ad blocker, they're going to see it regardless. So you don't have that problem. Because right now I can't sign up because I have an ad blocker turned off. Okay. So you're missing those people. The other thing I noticed too is these are things that you could do. I mean, or if you needed to hire a developer, it would take them two seconds to add. It's not a very difficult thing to do. I know a lot of people like using these easier plugins to be able to do it. I just think when it comes to PageSpeed, you're opening a can of worms. Yeah. and No, thank and you. And that's why, that's why I steered away from that. For the longest time, I only got people to subscribe because I had a newsletter, right? It's like, hey, subscribe to my newsletter. There's 10,000 people on the list. You know, you get an email at once or twice a week teaching you how to do X. And I was talking to Miles Beckler and he said something to me that it kind of like, I feel like an idiot, but you know, you know, you learn things <laughs> constantly, even if you've been doing it for as long as I have. He was like, no one wants more email. So you're selling them like what you're selling them is more email. Like I know you're saying essentially like, hey, sign up for my newsletter and I'm going to teach you things, but you're really selling them email. Right. And no one wants that. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, mind blown, right? So I was so kind of against the, and Nick, you do this. I mean, you've been doing this for, I mean, since the beginning, right? Not not quite as long as you, but. but No, but you've been doing like uh, lead magnets. Yes. Right? Like in content upgrade, you did a workshop, I think at FinCon about it, right? So it was like, and it's like, I went back and forth on it for so long. That's what you need. You need some kind of, and it really can just be, one and I for me this is like I'm in the pool industry in case anybody doesn't know um so I feel like very similar we're teaching people how to take care of something right which is which can be very difficult and confusing because there's all different types I kind of thought well you know somebody might land on a post that's about getting rid of algae in your case it might be you know getting rid of mold from a specific type of plant or whatever and so you think to yourself oh my conversion rate would go up for email, if I had a very specific, helpful guide for that one problem. And I started to do this. I started to create all these individual lead magnets for all my different types of posts. But in our industry, I believe there's really just one thing to rule them all, which is like, hey, here's a cheat sheet or here's a checklist on plant care. You know, like, here's the thing that you need to do every week. Here's the things you need to do every day or whatever the case is. And, you know, maybe it's a maintenance calendar or something. And to give that away. Okay. It's PDF. It's super simple. They can download it and you get their email address in exchange for that. When you put that in place with the amount of traffic you're getting, let's just say conservatively, you get 1% of people who visit your website a month and they convert to an email subscriber. How many subscribers is that a month for you? 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. For 1%. Yeah. So you're, you're that 12,000 now becomes 14,5 and that's at conservatively 1%. Right. You know, hopefully you'd be getting a lot more than that. Every month that's going to go up. And you're just collecting those people. Those are people that want your things. What's crazy is, is that's how you grow your affiliate marketing. Okay. Because think about it this way. This is how I thought about it for me. Somebody comes and visits my website. They find it on Google. They're like, oh, this site's great. I love this site. Like, I learned so much. And then they peace out. 
right? You're like, okay, but that person still has a plant, right? So what do they do? So how do they find you again? They type in a different problem and you hope that they find you again. And they go, oh, right. I remember the site, I think. It's, I love this site. I learned so much. And they're like, peace out. You're like, dude, you keep leaving <laughs> and you keep like coming. Like, thankfully, I'm good at SEO and you keep finding me, but I'm not asking you to bookmark it. But there, no one bookmarks sites anymore. I think I'm the only one that bookmark, bookmarks sites. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like at that point, it's like, hey, you have plants and you want to take care of them. I have a thing that will help you. Give me your email address and I will send it to you. And then I'm going to send you an email every week that helps you with your plants. So now that same person who found you the first time is now reading not just one post, but way more posts than they would have had you not collected them. So you have a person who likes your site, who now you can automatically send them an email that's like, hey, have you seen this review that we did? Hey, have you seen this top 10 list of our favorite fertilizers? That person is way more likely to go to those pages that you send them personally and buy those products, you know, and make money off affiliates that way. So, and then you can bake that all in to make it automatic. So it's like, hey, I have this post and every new person gets this post five weeks later or whatever it is. And you just, and, and the more emails you send to them, the better, because guess what? You're actually helping them with their problem. Like I have houseplants and I kill them. I'm real good at that. There's no community of people who love killing houseplants, but I would love to learn how to do that. And I can Google my problems and hopefully find your site, right? And I go, cool, I found your site and I got my answer and I, and I didn't even see the name. I didn't care about who you were. I just got my answer and I'm gone. But had I got gone to your site, they have a whole checklist on like what I should do every day. Cool. I'm going to print that out, put that on my fridge. And then every morning I'm going to go and make sure that all my house plants are taken care of. And your name's in my face every day. You know what I mean? Your brand name. And then every week I'm getting an email like, hey, you know, it's uh, it's fall. <laughs> you know, it's time to do this with your plants or it's it's spring. It's time to you know, here's when your plants are going to start blooming. If you have these types of plants, hey, we're getting into the winter time. If you want to increase the amount of house plants, here are the ones that are going to survive through the winter time. Or if you have a dark corner in your basement and you want to plant down there, here are the plants that are going to do that. That's all gold for me, you know, especially now. But I'm not going to, I'm not Googling that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But you could be sending me an email that's like, hey, this new plant just came on the market. It's pretty cool. It does this and this. Here's our link to go buy it. Hey, I've been using this fertilizer for the past like two months. It's radically changed how my plants grow and it's been great. Here's a link. It's like, and you can just autopilot that. And then this is where I think for me, it gets really interesting. Well, I don't, I don't want to keep going, but if you have any, <laughs> again, I could just talk about this all day to myself. Raphael, what's your reaction on the email prioritization. Yeah, that that makes sense. I guess I, I've just been struggling because like I mentioned, I use Mail Munch, mm -hmm. but I stopped using I you know, I stopped using the pop-ups. You know, I used to try and offer a freebie or or you know, a lead magnet, but since I stopped using the pop-ups, now I'm I don't know the best way to integrate. Let's say I make a checklist like yeah. you recommended. What's the best way to integrate it so that it automatically sends to the user and then it doesn't depreciate my site speed. 
but I can also still get a lot of people signed up if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I struggled with this too. This was me 2015. <laughs> I set up, you know, all these pop-ups using Sumo and I was getting email addresses, like a lot of them. But then I didn't have like my email really set up well. Like, you know, I, it was the, the lists were going stale. Sure. And then I was like, then I got into page speed because that was became important to me. And I was like, oh man, if I just got rid of Sumo, like my site's going to be lightning quick, right? And I was just like, oh, do I really need, you know, whatever. So I would get rid of it, but I needed something. And so I just, what I did, and I have a, like, I think I have a, a YouTube video on this where if you like, say you switch to something like ConvertKit as an example, uh, it, you know, and I'm not saying that you have to do that, but the, I do have a video on YouTube that's basically like, here's their code, right? Here's all you really need. You know, like just here's the code you really need. And then what I do is I have a snippet of code that I put into my single.php, which is your post page in your theme. And so it automatically adds a box underneath the content okay. in every single page. And it doesn't, it doesn't affect your site speed? No, it's HTML. It's just pure HTML. And Raphael, I'll, I'll add, because I'm not as technically savvy as Matt, so I accomplish a similar end result with Beaver Builder as a site builder. So I can make this little widget this little um, you know form thing that I can embed using short code into the top of the post, the bottom of the post. I can make it site wide, and then in the Beaver Builder form thing, it's like, oh, I want to integrate this with Active Campaign from a little drop down menu. I can tell which form to go to, and then that form, you know, has instructions like, we'll add this tag, and that gets them sent to this automation. You know, send this lead magnet after that because I've got a lot of similar, you know, educational content. It's not about flowers and plants or or pool algae, but it's like, you know, big lists of ways to make extra money. And it's like, you know, too many to choose from. Let me send you the five fastest ways. You know, here it is at the top of the post. And so that's how, you know, because I went through the same kind of evolution. Oh, like, oh, pop-ups, these pop-ups work. It's kind of hard to, uh, you know, wean yourself off of it, but it's obnoxious, especially, you know, in 98% close, you know, so you annoyed 98% of the people to collect 2% of the emails. And even these probably convert less, but they're less intrusive um, in a way, and they don't have this site speed issue. So that's kind of how I would go about it. So you have it at the top, middle and bottom, right? Yeah, for certain posts. And like, if there's a specific lead magnet, um, I've even experimented with, this is a, you know, a 10,000 word post. Do you want me to send you a PDF of it so you can read it on your own time, read it later? I was amazed how well that converted. Yeah, it's just without you know, without a pop up. You could, you could, without a pop up, you could you could copy and paste this into Word on your own time. But no, it's like, well, just send it to me. Fine. Yeah, you don't need things to physically pop up. You know how it, it's really annoying on mobile. The real value, though, to that and kind of the way that I started to shift because I was I didn't have MediaVine or any kind of ad platform. I was like really kind of dedicated to Amazon, and that's where I was making yeah ninety percent of my income. And 10% of my income was coming from my own product sales, which were ebooks. And so this was back in like 2013. I wrote my first ebook and then I wrote another one in 2014. And I was charging like $29 each for them, which was at the price of an actual book. You know, there were 300, 400 pages. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I go, okay, I think that I need to make this the primary income because I'm in full control of this. This is my own product. 
I can charge what I want. I could sell it the way I want to. How do I do that? How do I like, you know, start to shift away? Not, I am not removing affiliate links when I say shift away, right? I'm just increasing one so that the ratio between the two is more diverse, right? And so my whole thought was like, if Amazon wants to, you know, have a board meeting without me, I can't be left in the dust like, oh, my, I, my income's gone. I'm struggling or I'm going to make a bad decision because all of a sudden they give me two weeks that they did in 2020 to be like, hey, we're cutting your revenue in half. You have two weeks to figure it out. It's like, uh, dude, I've been relying my entire last four or five years on this revenue. Really kind of sucks. So I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of having this fear, this underlying fear that they can just make a decision and, and I'm not involved and it could literally tank me as a business. Yeah. And so that's when I started to think more about I need to invest in my own products that I sell on my own site to my own audience that I own. <laughs> you know, like all of these things. It's like all about ownership. So that's hence the email list building and the prior towards that. And then you do all this you don't have to do sales on the site. You know, the site is just where where it lives, but like you do all the sales in email. And what's nice about that is like, it's a different business. It's like, you know, you have two different things you're controlling now because you have your web presence, which is like SEO, and you have your email presence, which is still the same thing, education. But now you have like ways to do intense, you know, sales pitches for your own things and for affiliate products. So a lot of people make their money affiliate marketing through email, not necessarily through the website. That's where I think, I think a lot of people get it wrong because they go, well, I'm going to be, I want to start an affiliate marketing site. So I need a lot of traffic, right? And it's like, okay, but there are people that make a lot of money with affiliate marketing because they choose the right affiliates to work with. And then they build an email list and then they're, you know, sending people to that or they're doing it through YouTube or whatever. So there's other ways besides just SEO and affiliate marketing, which to me are those two like really fragile places to build a business. You know what I mean? In these niches too, it's, you know, you're dealing with Amazon at 3%, 4%. You're dealing at Home Depot with, you know, 2 to 5% commission. Like it's uh, not a lot of margin in this stuff or, or if there is, they're not sharing it with you. No, and they're getting, it's getting less and less. It used to be 8% for the gardening. Now it's three. <laughs> yep, yep, that's what happened. So, my first cut was in 2018. I was in the coffee niche. And so like that got cut because I was like in the total Amazon thing, which was like 8% for everything, which is decent. It's awesome, actually. Uh, and then I got cut to four patio and lawn and all that stuff was still at eight and I was, you know, seven or eight. And then they cut that in 2020. And I was like, well, thankfully, I had been working behind the scenes on like getting my product business up and running. And it is courses, courses and eBooks. I think that that is where you should focus your attention. Okay. Yeah. With 10,000 people on the list, you, so that's an asset that you already have to mm -hmm. uh, ask them if you have not already, you know, what are you struggling with? Like what questions do you have about your plants? That's a huge place of data to mine on what you could and should build next. But as far as the email collection thing, I mean, what I would do is just, you know, Google analytics, sort by most popular uh, articles and start testing out, you know, maybe it is, you know, here's the most 10 most popular houseplants for any climate. Here's the 10 hardest to kill houseplants. Here's the cheat sheet, you know, for what you need to do when you need to do it. See which of those 
starts to resonate. And with the traffic that you have, that's, that's the positive news is you'll start to see what reaction it gets right away. Oh, this converts better than this one. This, uh, you know, seems to resonate and then you're off to the races and you can kind of continue to build, you know, just add that into uh, the, the rest of the content and prioritize that. The other benefit to working in that direction is if you want to have a product, then all of a sudden your content editorial calendar becomes way more focused because you're like, well, I could spend all this time writing this article. Is that actually going to bring me the people who are going to want this thing? You know, and, and you start to weed out those posts and you don't actually have to write them. You could take what you have, which you've, I mean, 250,000 visitors a month is ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> so I had a hard time ever believing that. For the longest time, my goal was just get more traffic, Matt. Like, uh, do whatever it takes to get more traffic. That's great. Except I had a bucket that was full of holes, you know, and I could get, I could just keep filling that bucket with more and more water, but it just had more and more holes. So now I'm at the point where it's like, I'm getting a million visitors a month in the summertime. And I had like, I swear to God before this year, you know, and this is a site I've had since 2006. Okay. Constantly growing every year. I had 15,000 subscribers as of 2021. That's awful. Yeah. It's just, they're on the page, off the page and onto the next thing. Yep. I'm just letting them go. And it's like, these are people who own pools. You don't get rid of pools that easily, you know? So it's like if somebody invests in a house plant, most likely they're not just going to be like a, a week with a house plant and then throw it away and go like, I don't no more house plants for me. Thanks. It's like, no, at this point you're getting like pandemic traffic. You know, you should be literally like just grabbing all of those people and pulling them in and going like, okay, we're going to take care of your little baby plants for the rest of time. And because I really started to think about that whole, like once Amazon hit with that, you know, like we're cutting your commissions. I'm like, okay even though I was already kind of going down the direction of selling my own products and making that more of a priority for myself, I really didn't think about email until like a few months after that. And I was like, wait a minute. No, that's the, that's the secret. That's the, that's the thing that's going to stop these companies from killing my business because you have an email address. And unless Google, you know, again, which they could do, you know, create a new tab, newsletter tab in their email, you know, there's there's ways for them to kill your business, but that's I feel like that's the last place they can really do it. Sure, yeah, you you see that in Gmail, Gmail promotions, yeah. all this. Stuff right, exactly. They'll figure out a way, but that's really the last place you have, and you you can find ways around that. And you could send an email to your folks and be like, "Hey, uh, what's your addresses? I'm going to send you mail now because like you can, you know, there's there's a way there's a way to uh, keep your business alive with that kind of audience and that kind of power too. It is powerful to be able to go to a company who compliments your business and sells things that you want to tell your audience about and work with them. Cause I've done this before too, because of the clout that some university has, I can, you know, a new company comes along. I can say, Hey, you know what? You should start an affiliate marketing. Here's a couple of pieces of software to do it. I'll be your first affiliate. And all I have to do is send an email out to my list or put an article up on my website. And you have a business without spending a dime. You know what I mean? So that's really powerful and it's helpful. You're helping other business and they're helping you. So it's, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a win-win. One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? 
And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business and Inside You'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. That means whether you're just starting out or your side hustle is already growing like crazy, Squarespace takes all things website-related and makes them easy. I want to highlight a few Squarespace features for you. One I knew about and a couple I didn't. First off, where Squarespace really shines is this huge library of professional website templates. That means you're not starting from scratch because they've got designs for every category and use case that you can customize to fit your unique needs so your business stands out online. That was the thing I knew about. Second one was new to me, and that's their online store functionality. Whether you're selling physical or digital products or a service, Squarespace has got the tools you need to start selling online. And third is their email campaigns. They make it easy to collect email subscribers from your site and drive engagement and sales through Squarespace email campaigns, and you can track the results of every send with built-in analytics. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle. So should I create then? I think the first thing is I, I like what you said. I, I had no idea you could do this as far as uh, HTML and stripping it down, like you said, because I didn't want like site speed. I'll definitely look into that. And then um, I know, Nick, you mentioned going into my top posts. So let's let's say you know, look at my top 10 posts. Would you create a specific lead magnet for each of those? Or should I just do a more general one to start with or just experiment? Yeah, do a general one to start a with. General right? One. And then you can get granular, I think. That's what I would say. Okay. Yeah, if you'd asked me five years ago, I probably would have said, well, try and make it, you know, as specific, like, you know, put yourself in the reader's shoes, like, okay, why did they Google this? How did they land here? What's, you know, what's their mindset? Where are they at? Mm -hmm. um, and then what's the logical next thing that they're going to need? Or what would, you know, what would be helpful to them along this journey and try and create that as the lead magnet? And it maybe is another article that's already on your site, but you just pretty it up and you make it a, a deliverable type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of leaning more towards starting with something generic to see if it hits. It's all going to be somewhat relevant to this audience of of houseplant owners. Yeah. Yeah. What you could do, and this is a really simple trick. Okay. Is you can go into so you use analytics, Google Analytics. Yes. Okay. All you need to do is set up a thank you page for whenever someone subscribes. The same thank you page and make that a goal, right? And the goal can just be email subscriber, email subscriber, whatever. What you can do from there is look at your posts, right? Your landing pages in Google Analytics, and you know you can set the goal and you can see your conversion rates. So you'll know what you're like, hey, my top posts. So for example, on my stuff, I have a post that's about pool maintenance. It's like literally called that. And my my I have a cheat sheet on pool maintenance. 
that converts at like four or 5% on that page. And I know that because they got to the thank you page, right? But, you know, the page that has to do with pool algae doesn't convert as high. So I have this like generic thing that's on every single one of my pages. So I'm getting the most amount of email addresses possible with that generic, you know, cheat sheet. And if I wanted to, I could start to, down the line, optimize that overall conversion rate by going, okay, well, this post doesn't get, because a really low conversion rate, maybe converts at like 0.5%, like crazy low. So maybe on this post, which gets a lot of traffic, I'll create a specific opt-in for this page that's more aligned with the content and then increase that. And then you you can start to like literally micro-target the individual pages instead of having to create one for every new page, which can get unwieldy, you know, like it's going to be a lot for you to deal with and handle. You can start to just micro-target the ones that are working and not working and go, all right, I'm going to fix the ones that are not working. And you can do that with Lasso too, like with affiliate links. There's ways to like use Google Analytics and say, wow, this page isn't getting as many affiliate clicks as this page. So you start to see those pages that are underperforming and then you just go in there and add affiliate links is really the easiest way to do that. Or you could start to see, you know, which pages have, you know, like, hey, maybe you have 10 affiliate links on this page and the one that gets clicked the most is the fifth link. And so maybe you move that up or, you know, there's... How can you tell which one gets clicked the most? They are, you can, with with uh, Lasso, there's a uh, analytics integration. So you just do that and it'll, it, they, they become events. So you can just look at the events on those pages. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'll automatically get pulled in. So if I, I'm using Lasso, so I can go into Google Analytics. I mean, again, that's like, that's small potatoes. You know what I mean? Like you, the thing is, with the, yeah, with that kind of stuff, like you're doing a lot of work to like make five cents. You know what I mean? Like, I know you're getting a lot of traffic, but it's really just on the big pages. You know, I'm, I'm assuming like you have 10 pages that bring in probably like 80% of your traffic, right? So it's like, really, you only have to deal with those 10 pages. The rest, you're just dealing in pennies now. Okay. Where it's like, I'd much rather do big swathy changes to your website, like add, a, you know, an email subscribe box or, you know, create a brand new product that's, you know, $97 or, you know, $200 or 50 bucks or anything. I was going to ask when you were creating your products for Swim University, how did you know what to create first? Just so we can give Raphael, like, okay, some sort of direction on where do we go from here? Like, if you want to go down this product path outside of the ebooks that he currently has, like, you know, how do you prioritize what to build and how to, <laughs> how to do that first? Yeah, I'll say that my experience is a little backwards. Um, I started building my first product in September, which was the end of pool season. So I started on my hot tub product, which I don't get nearly as much traffic for, and I didn't really sell that many. And then I worked on my pool book, and that worked out much better later, a year later. And again, I did this for my other site, Brew Cabin, kind of backwards as well. My site is about pool care. My site is about home brewing. So I kind of build the master product. And then I think, how can I build supplemental products to that product, right? So you have, like, I built my flagship first which in Swim University's case was just like how to take care of your pool, right? Soup to nuts. Okay. Um, that was, that's kind of how I treated it. So if I would, you know, recommend anything for you, I would say like, look at your top 10 posts, look at your top posts and you could get niche Like you could get like, you know, it may be like one specific plant, like a succulent, for example, right? And go, I'm just going to do the course on succulents. 
And in your case, it sounds like there's probably a course on just taking care of houseplants. Like that could just be a lot, like a really big video course with eBooks, you know, with cheat sheets. And you could make this like, it doesn't have to be like a traditional course. It's just kind of like a masterclass on houseplant care that somebody could constantly refer to and go like, hey, I just bought this new plant. Oh, he's got a video in his course that I bought two years ago that talks about this. Great. And then from there, you could start to like, and then you could charge, you know, a decent amount of money for that. And then you could have supplemental products. So like people who have already bought your masterclass on houseplants, maybe you have a more specific, you know, maybe you can go into outdoor plants or maybe you can go into, you know, starting your own internal greenhouse or, you know, stuff that's like a little bit more advanced and maybe a little bit smaller, but can supplement that. And so like you get this rich, you know, kind of educational experience of all things houseplants, but you are going to have to look at that for yourself because I'll give you an example in it. The, my homebrewing example might be a little bit better in my head. So as, so as a home brewer, there are different types and different levels of home brewing. You, you can be a beginner, you can be super advanced, right? And in my head, at originally, without doing any research, I'm like, I just want to make the ultimate homebrewing course for all things homebrewing, right? And it's like, and the more I sat down with that idea, the more I realized how horrible that would be to sell to somebody. Because, well, if I like just went and bought a kit from the store, like, I don't need this like $200 all encompassing every single style of brewing in one package. I just want the extract beginner's guide to home brewing, you know, great beer with just a kit, you know? So it's like this really kind of small thing. And so the way that I approached that was, okay, here's what I do as a person. I'm an advanced brewer. I'm going to start with that. So I just went down a lane of like, I'm going to create the advanced course on brewing, like how to brew beer to make it like almost professional level. You know what I mean? One track. Now I can, that, what that allows me to do is now I have the flagship. I have like the big fancy, you know, full-blown course that's like, but it's for a very specific type of person. It's the majority of my people, but it's still, it's like, it's like if I were to do a course on just in-ground pool. And then I had a separate course on just above ground pool. I could have done that, but they're all really the same. Like they're all, you take care of them all the same way. So for me, it didn't make sense there. That's what I started with. And then I'm going to expand into sort of micro niches. Like here's how to brew this style of beer perfectly. So if you want to master, you know, brewing a New England IPA or you want to master brewing a Kolsch or a lager, like I'm going to give you like a smaller, more like, specific course on just that you know what i mean and so therefore anybody who bought the original course which is an advanced course goes oh you know what i actually do want just like just this one style or like then i could create a course for just beginners it's like hey we're gonna do extract brewing but we're gonna show you how to do it so that it comes out the best possible you know using the like crappy like kits and ingredients like i'll show you how to make a really good one gallon batch of beer you know in your kitchen and I could do that later. But for me, I just kind of leaned into my current skill set, which was the easiest course for me to make because I'm already thinking about it. No, that, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, Raphael, I would lean into this email list that you already have and say, you know, what are you, what are you struggling with? You could even go down the path of after maybe you call up five, 10 people, 15 people on that list. Just see like, what, what are they going? Like, are these house plants like, are this just kind of like a passive, 
hobby of theirs or something that's sit in the corner they don't really think about? Or is it just like, no, this is, I mean, in the case of a pool, like this is a big hole in the ground in the backyard. I want to make sure we're making the most out of it. So imagine you have different levels of enthusiasm amongst people on your audience. And it's really, you know, the 20% of the people who are most enthusiastic, who really most want to, you know, turn their house into a vibrant green, uh, you know, healthy breathing type of space that you want to go after. And then you can go down the route of pre-selling, which is what I did with my most recent product, um, which was the trafficcourse.com. Because, you know, survey after survey, you know, what are you struggling with outside of time, money, and ideas? I was like, well, how do I get more? I got this thing started. How do I get more traffic? How do I get more eyeballs to my to my thing? Like, okay, you know, it hits you over the head enough times. You're like, I have done decently at this. Sure, I'm happy to put together what I know and teach that. So that's probably the path that I would go. But I do want to open up the floor, Raphael, for any final questions or feedback or just kind of, you know, we threw a lot at you and curious to get your sense of what might be next steps. Could I add on to what you just said? I did do that. I did do a survey of the home brewers. So I did know that 80% of them were all grain brewers. And I used Google Forms and I sent out a form to them and I made a raffle. You get a $25 Amazon gift card and we got like 200 people out of like 2,000 people that were on the list. So you'll get a lot of responses. I have an idea. I've sent emails out like that before, and I, I understand what everyone's struggles are at this point. But on that note, would it be okay to survey and say, what would you like to, what if I want to come up with a course or another ebook or a, a, some kind of product? Would you survey along those lines or would you take the approach of more specifically, what are your struggles? And then behind the scenes and determine, okay, what is the best product? The latter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't give them ideas. Okay. And don't, and don't make them come up for, with ideas for you. Okay. Because they don't know what they want. That's okay. Okay. All they really know is they have a problem. Right. So it's my job. And if you already know what that problem is, you could say, Hey, I'm thinking of building out this thing. I'm looking for some, you know, beta members, you know, mm-hmm. founding members, whatever you want to call it, like who are committed to having, you know, the best house plants of of their life. Like all your friends and neighbors are going to be super jealous of you. It's 49 bucks for a limited time. You know, it'll never be this price again. But here's the thing, like I'm still building it out. Like so you, you know, I appreciate your faith in me while while we're getting this done. So that's probably the path that I would go. But I don't know. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Get money. <laughs> Like, even if you don't have a single thing made, I know, I used to struggle with that personally. Like, I didn't like the idea of pre-selling. Now I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I know I'm going to, I've made so many courses now in my life. Like, it's coming out. It's coming. You know what I mean? If you want to support me early, like, I'm going to use that money to get the course done. And as motivation to get it done even faster. And it's validation. Like, if nobody wants it, then, then that's fine too. Like, okay, I'll go on to the next idea. Um, Because I've, I've been there too, you know, spending weeks and months building something that nobody really wanted. And that's yeah. equally frustrating. Mm-hmm. But you can always improve. Like I, I, you know, no one bought my hot tub handbook ebook back in the day. And I just kept lowering the price and I kept trying new ways to sell it. And then I added a course to it, like a video course. And then I, you know, sold them separately and then I combined them and then they were one price and then I moved the price again. And it was like, I finally, like over time and getting better at marketing and getting, you know, you start to tweak and, you know, your products can morph and evolve over time too. So it's not like, you know, obviously if you make something, it's probably going to be good. <laughs> you know, you got this far with this, the amount of traffic, like you're, you clearly know how to, how to write helpful content. So I don't think anything you make will be 
a complete death, <laughs> you know. I hope not. <laughs> no, it 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 would be. I would be. I mean, <laughs> it would be really shocking. Well, like, like, wow, no one wanted this book on growing tomatoes in a garage. <laughs> Wonder why. I guess my takeaways. First of all, thank you both for your time. This has been extremely helpful. I think the first thing I want to tackle is that is increasing my email list. And you gave me an awesome idea about the HTML code and stripping it down. I'll probably pay someone to do it because I want to monkey with that and I want it done right. <laughs> and then work on building my list and then further understand my my readers' struggles. And I do want to come up with a course. So maybe that's my next, you know, while I'm trying to do all these other things. <laughs> I really want to do come up with a, a course and then use that platform for that. And then to also build a f- affiliate income, like you mentioned, use, use the email list for that. Yeah. And I would even say too, like, just to kind of steer you in a more like clearer direction, you do not need to write more content right this second. You just don't, you have plenty of content. You have so much traffic, like start to, use this time now to take more advantage of the traffic that you have instead of trying to create more, like instead of trying to fill the bucket, try to plug the holes. Gotcha. And then, and then, and then the thing is, is like when you start to create more traffic, like, holy crap, like it's another level, it's next level stuff for you. You know what I mean? Okay. No, that's just a great idea. And maybe I'm just worried about, I don't want my Google traffic to fizzle away, but maybe one thing I've also been doing is updating old posts and that, that helps a lot too instead of creating new content maybe i can focus on updating old posts so that it's not as time consuming and i can mm-hmm. focus my shift my focus on what you're talking about it's pretty much all we do <laughs> i've been for many years i've had i've had 200 posts on some university for like the last five okay. years <laughs> so you know and it's just like deleting this one adding this one or like changing this one tweaking that one yeah just making sure you stay you know you you got your positions keep your positions and keep that 250000 coming in. That's my goal. <laughs> I like it. Raphael, thanks for letting us uh, dissect your business, focusing on the email growth, the uh, the potential product down the line. Right? Stop trying to, <laughs> don't necessarily need more content, trying to fill up uh, a potentially leaky bucket. Let's plug those holes first and then see if that can't get you to your revenue goals. Matt, thanks again for stopping by, lending your expertise. Um, MoneyLab.co is the home base. Mm-hmm. The only MoneyLab Pro will unlock all of your courses. I think I've taken two, three of them so far. They're all great. Nice. Um, plus a fellow community inside MoneyLab Pro of fellow super nerdy online business owners for a low, low monthly price. Mm-hmm. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where our coaching series continues. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Is there a more dreaded question then what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, 
vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.